I've heard many parents saying to their children words like, you can do anything you set your mind to. Maybe you've said that to your child, or maybe your parents have told you that, or maybe the opposite, but <laughs> good parents, good parents say to their children, you can do anything you set your mind to. Or some motivational speakers, if you listen to motivational speakers, they say the same thing, the influencers on, on TikTok, on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. Motivational speakers will tell you that, yeah, you can do anything you put your mind to. And that becomes like a, a motto, a, a, an encouragement for us. This statement feels truthful because it gives power to the individual. The intention of the parent or the intention of the motivational speaker is to motivate their children to set goals and work hard to fulfill them, which is good. The intention is good. I understand where they are coming from. But things get complicated when one sets goals, you set your goals, you set your mind on it, and then you fail. And the question is, did you not set your mind enough? Did you not, you know? The question now is, what happened? Because I did exactly what they told me. I set my mind to it, and I did everything in my power, and still I failed complication. What happens when that occurs in our lives? Life is not always under our control. Setting your mind or not, things will not always be under your control. There are many, so many variables in life that makes one successful. So many elements that makes one successful. Setting up goals and commitments to fulfill it is good. And I encourage it. But what are you supposed to do when you get stuck? We get frustrated. When things don't turn out as we wanted. When we try to change bad behavior. You try to change yourself. You know what you should do. You know the good that you should do. But you fail always to reach that the good you know you should do. You want to change yourself. We try to stop an addiction. Or we try to achieve something and it does not happen. We get frustrated. If we can do anything we set our mind to, why now do we fail to change ourselves? Why do we fail to help our spouses to become better? Why do we fail to forge our children to become the person we want them to become? Why do we fail to make things happen? The answer is this. Life is spiritual. That is the answer. Life is spiritual. You can set your mind to things. And you should set your mind to things. You should do everything you can in your power. Natural. You should go to school. You, can, you should train. You should do everything. But if there is a spiritual barrier, it will never move until you invite God to the scene. You can do everything you can. You can train as much as you can. You can set your goals and set your mind to something. It will never happen if it's a spiritual barrier. Until you invite God to the scene. Often, we get frustrated by the lack of progress. 
not because we failed to set our mind to it, but because we are using natural weapons in a spiritual battle. And we see like we are stuck. And we experience this frustration. And No, no, we are just using natural weapons in a spiritual battle. That's why Jesus gave authority to his disciples. He knew they would face spiritual challenges. And then he gave them authority in Luke chapter 9 verse 1. He said, summoning the twelve, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. He did not take them to military training. He did not take them to do some karate or, or, or you know. He did not. He could. <laughs> Instead, he gave them spiritual power and authority. So stay with me, church. I really want you to pick this. Instead of training them on how to defend themselves, which I think I can very well. No, I can't. That can kill me. <laughs> he gave them authority and power. Then he sent them away. Weak people. He knew they are going to face challenges, but instead of training them in a natural way, he gave them authority and power. That's where I want to draw your attention today. Why power? Why authority? And listen, he gave them power and authority. Why do you need authority if you have power? Why both? Why not just power? Why authority and power? And why only authority without power? But he gave them both authority and power. It's because authority is the right to exercise power. Power is a force, a capacity, or ability to make things happen. You have the ability to make something happen. You have power. But you can have power or the ability to do something, but you are not given the right to do it. If you don't have the right to do it, you are powerless. Your power is useless. If you have power without authority, your power is useless. Because you don't have the authority, the, the right to use it. Power without authority is useless. My princess Iris and I were watching a World War I movie. And this young 19 years old recruit, American soldier, drew our attention. He was shy. He, he was, he was <laughs> scared. He, we, we could see that. Why did they recruit this one? Why this one? They gave him training. They gave him their uniform. They gave him a gun. They gave him everything he needed. So they were somewhere in Europe. And the Germans came, like the, the opposing side. And they were fighting. And he had a gun. And he found two people fighting. One American and one German. They, they don't have guns anymore. They're now fighting with knives. And then the, 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 the German guy puts the American guy down. And that, that fighting, he was trying to kill the American guy. And the American guy down is telling the, the boy, the American boy, shoot him, shoot him. And the boy is shivering. He can't shoot. He's got power without authority. 
shivering with the gun in his hand and the German guy killed the American in front of someone with a gun. That's what happens when Christians don't have authority. We were angry watching the movie. We stopped the movie. We started walking in the, in the room. Why? How can he do this? How can he do this? This is impossible. This is... We got angry. Maybe you've watched it. World War I movie. It was so annoying. Sometimes God feels like that. About Christians. Who have the power without authority. Jesus gave his disciples power over evil spirit. But he also gave them the right to exercise that power. Every believer in Christ has the power of the Holy Spirit in them. Everyone. If you have made that decision to follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in you, you have power. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you without exception. It is there. You have power over Satan. You have power over evil spirits. Look at what he said in Mark 16, 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Who? Those who believe. Not special ones. Not pastors, not leaders, but anyone who believes. These signs will accompany them. In my name, they will do what? They will drive out demons. All of them, they have power over demons. They will speak in new tongues. However, the authority to use the power does not depend on God. No, 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 no. God has given you power. The authority depends on you. Every believer has access to the same amount of power. And I will say this again. Every Christian, every believer has access to the same amount of power. But a different level of authority to use it. We all have access to power, but we have different authority, levels of authority. That's why some people struggle to change. They feel stuck or continue to do what they know they shouldn't do. You may be a Christian, but you feel powerless. Not because the power of Jesus is not strong enough, but because you haven't accessed the authority to use that power. So let me tell you a few things. One, the power belongs to Jesus. The power belongs to Jesus. In the, in the Garden of Eden, God gave authority to humans. God said you should rule over creation, over everything on earth. God gave us authority. Adam and Eve had the authority over everything on earth. Unfortunately, Satan got jealous of it and he tricked them. By listening to Satan, we gave him that authority. No, we lost it. We lost the authority. We gave it to Satan over everything on earth. So that's why when Jesus was tempted by Satan, he came confidently before Jesus. Why? Because Jesus was in his territory. Satan knew that, oh, you visited me. You are wearing a body. You are in my car. You are in my territory. I control this thing. Look, look at what Satan said in Luke chapter 4, 6 to 7. And the devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority. Satan is telling Jesus, 
I will give you all this authority. Who are you to tell Jesus that? No, he knew he has been given authority. He knew that. Because it has been given over to me. By who? By who? By us. We gave it over to him. And I can give it to anyone I want. Satan is bragging before Jesus. I can give it to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all will be yours. Authority came from God. It went to humans. Humans gave it to Satan. And then Satan is bragging about it in front of Jesus. And then Jesus says, and then the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, 14 to 15, he erased the certificate of debt with its, with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us. And has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and disgraced them publicly. He triumphed over them in him. Ah, look at what happened here. Jesus went to take back the authority that we gave to Satan. He took it back on the cross. That's what happened. So the authority is moving around. Eh? You can see that. It's going from one hand to another. Now it's in the hand of Jesus. After disarming Satan, Jesus did not keep it. The second point I want to tell you is that the power is accessible to believers. It is. Jesus comes before the disciples in Matthew 28, 18 and says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Oh, authority is moving. It's now where? In Jesus. He's got authority. He, he tells his, his, his disciples, don't worry. Satan doesn't have it anymore. Now it's with me. I have authority on earth and in heaven. It's in my hand. Now. The story continues. At the same place, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus tells his disciples, it's the same event. Acts 1, 8 and Matthew 28, it's the same place. It's Jesus about to go to heaven. It's the same place. He says, but you will receive what? Power. When the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He's transferring the power to his disciples. Tell, no, 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 you go. Go and use it. Go and use it. The third thing that I want to tell you is that the power comes with a person. The power comes with a person. You, you follow me. Follow me. Stay with me. Power comes with a person. Romans 8, 11, it says. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Ah. So the power is not just an, the energy. It comes with a person. Oh. The Holy Spirit is not power. He's a person. But he comes with power. Don't confuse those two. It's not the power of God. He comes with the power. 
So this is where I'm taking you. Because God does not just deposit power in us, it could have been easier to just receive power and start using it. But he chose to use a person to come with that power. Uh, Watch this, watch this. Your authority to use that power depends on your relationship with that person. Thank you. It's the spirit of God. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit gives you authority to use the power of God. That's why we all have access to power. But we don't all have the same authority. Because authority depends on relationship with the person who comes with the power. Now you see where I'm going. The right to exercise the power of God does not depend on God. It depends on us. Some people think their relationship with God is up to God. God has done everything for you to have a good relationship with him. Read the Bible. He's, done, he's gone out of his way to reach out to you. Your relationship with God depends on you. Let, let me say this again. It's up to you to build that relationship. If you choose to watch a movie like I did with my, my princess, instead of praying, it's up to you. Hey. Yeah, if you choose to sleep instead of reading the Bible, it's up to you. Yeah, it's up to you. My relationship with my wife, it depends on me. I, I have to invest in it. Oh, thank you. I picked a wrong example. Um, my relationship with Simon. <laughs> the more you listen to the Holy Spirit, the more spiritual authority you have because he will back you up in every activity he sent you to do. So let let hear this. Spiritual authority derives from our cooperation with the Holy Spirit in us. That's where the, Holy, the, the, the authority comes from. Authority always comes from somewhere. Listen to this church. Human's authority to rule the earth came from God. Satan's authority on earth was given him to him by Adam and Eve. Jesus' authority came from God the Father. And the Holy Spirit, the prime minister's authority comes from the people through elections. Authority always comes from somewhere. Mm -hmm. Authority comes from somewhere. Of course, God backs it up. God backs it up. He says, all, all, all authority comes from me. But he, he, he supports every, every time we choose a leader. Every time we, no, he, he supports that. Because authority always comes from somewhere. Always from somewhere. And here God is saying, I've, I've given you authority. It's coming from me. Take it. Remaining in authority requires maintaining the relationship with its source. God help us. God help us. You know you can turn the lights on in your house. Anytime you want. 
Isn't it? You know why we can turn the lights on and off? We are using electricity now. Because we have a good relationship with the electricity company. Mm -hmm. If we stop paying our bills, we affect that relationship. Don't just cut it. Mm. And we will turn on and off, on and off. It won't come on until we repair the relationship with the supplier. <laughs> He's bragging for his own power at home. <laughs> God has given us power, but our right to exercise God's power depends on us. You have power over addictions. You have power over fear. You have power over, over worry. You have power over unforgiveness. You have what it takes. You have it. That's why I said, I will tell you today about, you have what it takes to overcome anxiety and addictions. You have power. But your authority to use that power depends on your relationship with the power giver. When you believed in your heart that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, you received the Holy Spirit. And that's where you received power. But the enemy does everything in his ability to prevent people from believing. Because if you believe, you receive power. So he knows it. The only way you can overcome he, him is not by gaining more education or more money. or more. No, it's by believing in Jesus. You get the power. Only through Jesus we can get the power against the enemy. So he will try to stop people from believing. If you cross that line and receive Jesus and overcome him, you know what he will do? He will make sure you keep the power, but you don't get the authority. Because it's the same thing. You're still useless. You will have the power. You know, you know, why, you, you, you know why you sleep when you're about to, to, to read the Bible in the night? You will be act, like, comfortable telling stories and jokes and everybody's laughing. Then you say, let's pray. Oh, 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 oh. All the sleep on earth <laughs> come together on your head <sighs> at that time. You start yawning. Why? He doesn't want you to build the authority to use your power. Now you know. Now you know. He will prevent you from reading the Bible. He'll prevent you from praying. He'll prevent you from coming to church. Every complication will come in the morning. Before you come to church. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's when things started to... That's when your child will annoy you. That's where your husband or your wife will annoy you. That's where you lose the key, the car keys. That's where, that's where every bad thing happen. In the morning. On Sunday. Why? He doesn't want you to build authority to use the power. <laughs> if Satan fails to prevent you from receiving the power, he will try to prevent you from using it. That's why you say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and nothing happens. It's not because the name of Jesus is not powerful. Because you don't have the authority to use it. Oh, is that a shock to some people? You say, some people say, in the name of Jesus, and demons go. Some people say, in the name of Jesus, and demons come closer. You say it again, they come. You start to back up. In the name of Jesus, 
Let me give you the story. Acts chapter 19, 13 to 16. Now some of the itinerant Jews, exorcists, also attempted to pronounce the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I commend you by the Jesus that Paul preaches. Seven sons of Shiva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. The evil spirit answered them, I know Jesus and I recognize Paul. But who are you? Mm -hmm. Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them, overpowered them all, and prevailed against them. So they ran out of the house. No, 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 no. I don't want to read the next part. They ran out of the house naked and wounded. So that was a serious deal. Mm -hmm. In the name of Jesus, he comes closer. In the name of Jesus, take your shirt away. In the name of Jesus, the pant. In the name of Jesus, ah, you are using the name of Jesus without the authority to use it. They left the place naked in the name of Jesus. <laughs> ah, spiritual things can be funny, isn't it? I'm glad you are laughing. So I want to tell you something. The first thing we need to do is to believe it. Put your faith in Jesus and acknowledge that he has given you his power. You might not feel it, but you have it. If you believe in Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit and the power of God in you. Let's read this. Ephesians chapter 1.13. In him you also were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and when you believed. You were sealed in the Holy Spirit when you believed. So believe that the power is in you. Satan will try to whisper his lies to you that you don't have it. You don't have it. You're not like them. You're not a Christian. Look at you. Look at what you did yesterday. Look at what you did. You know, he will keep whispering this doubt in you. Don't believe him. Do not believe him. The second one, declare it. There's no biblical evidence that Satan can read, that Satan can read our mind. The Bible doesn't prove that. So we, we don't believe Satan can read our mind. He's not everywhere. He can't read our mind, no. He, 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 he can manipulate us. He can whisper things to us. But he doesn't know what we are thinking. Only God knows what we are thinking. So for Satan to know what you are thinking, you have to say it. You have to say it. That's why you have to say that you have power. <laughs> you have to say that you have authority. Because he will try to make you believe you don't have it. And if you don't say it, he will not stop. You need to say that you have it. Declare that you have power. Declare that you have authority to use the name of Jesus. There is power in declarations. If you believe in the power of Jesus, declare it. Say it loud. Declare it to yourself. When you feel under attack. Whenever you feel powerless. Before... You f when you face a temptation, whenever you feel anxious, whenever you feel, you feel anxiety, declare the power in the name of Jesus. Don't just think it. Speak it. Say it. 
Declare to yourself what you believe to be true in the word of God. Say, say, say it loud. I have power over fear. Say it. I have power over fear. I have power over anxiety. I have power. I have power over this. I have power over alcohol. I have power over drugs. I have power over addictions. I have power over pornography. You say that aloud. I have power. Even if you feel like you are failing, say it loud. I have power over this. Because the enemy doesn't want you to believe it or to use it. So say it loud. And finally, act on it. So act on the power in you. Whenever you feel something going on in your life, act on the power God has put in you. It's time to rise and face the enemy and tell him, I have the power. Look at it. Look at the problem and speak to the problem. I have the power over you. It's time to stop talking to God about our problems and start talking to our problems about God. Let your problem know how powerful your God is. God knows how big your problem is. Can you tell your problem how big our God is? It's time to walk in our victory. I'll just read this verse as we finish. Ephesians 6, 11, 11 to 18. Put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand, to take your stand, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist. Righteousness like armor on the chest. And your feet sandaled with readiness for the gospel of peace. In every situation, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let me comment on this one. It's a long passage, so you can go and read it at home. I love the, work, the, the role that faith plays in our fight. It's a shield. If the enemy wants to destroy you, the first place he will start is to attack your faith. He will attack your trust in God. He will attack your ability to believe God is with you. He attacks your faith. He creates doubt so that you can give up. And once you don't have a shield, no matter what you do, you are vulnerable. Remember that. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is the only offensive weapon. We have. Every other weapon are defensive. Speak the word of God. Speak it to yourself. Speak it to the problem. Speak it to, your, speak it to Satan. Sometimes I just speak to him. I don't see him, but I just feel like he needs to hear this. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert with all perseverance and intercession for all the saints. You've got what it takes, my brother, my sister. You've got what it takes. The power of God lives in you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the enemy anymore. Stop it today. Don't be afraid of demons. When they say demons, you can't sleep. 
forget you have the power in you. Don't feel powerless anymore. He wants you to feel powerless so he can destroy you. Don't think of yourself as a victim anymore. You are not a victim. You are a victor. Because Jesus lives in you. The spirit of God, the power of God lives in you. So next time you are tempted, say loudly, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Say it loudly. The next time you feel powerless or fearful, say loudly, I'm able to do all things through Christ who strengthened me. These are not just good Christian jargons, good Christian, no. These are weapons. These are weapons we use, swords we use against the enemy. 